how did that night proceed? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we had those moments happening with those young ladies. People kept asking, well, what does God have to say? Um, and then the next, we kind of ended up moving to another section of the McDonald's because the group got so big. So we went over to where the fountain drinks were and uh, things continued to happen there. And um, shortly after that, a friend of mine, um, there's so many things that happened, but one of the elements of what happened is a friend of mine, um, she got a pain in her back. Mm. And um, one of the things that we believe is a way that God speaks to us sometimes is that he'll allow us to feel things for other people. Um, and we'll know, man, this person probably has a pain in their knee or pain in their foot and he'll, he'll allow us to feel it so that because he wants to heal them mm -hmm. and he wants us to be able to move towards them to offer healing through mm -hmm. him. And, um, and so mm -hmm. she felt that and said, we'll see, ask, you know, ask around. And, um, so she kind of jumped up on the table and she said, does anybody in the room have uh, pain in their back? And nobody said anything. Nobody raised their hand and it got kind of awkward and we're like, Oh, maybe we missed it. You were humans. We miss it sometimes. Maybe, you know, maybe we missed it. And, um, this guy got up and pointed at one of his friends and said, in football practice, he hurt his back today. He doesn't want to say anything because he's kind of creeped out. Yeah. But like, he hurt his back. He, he, him, pick him, you know? And so we're like, oh, okay. Well, like, if you want us to pray for you, if you, if you want healing, if you want your back to stop hurting, we'll be glad to pray for you. If not, no big deal. We love you, man. Like, whatever, you know? And so we had that interaction. And he ended up allowing us to pray for him and mm -hmm. kind of rewind a second right before that moment it happened. So how was the rest of a McDonald's crowd interacting with all of this? Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was it was pretty an unbelievable sight because um, I had asked the uh, the manager of the McDonald's if I could bring my guitar in and just play some songs while everything was happening. And he was like, yeah, we don't like this music anyway. Sure, you know, do what you want to do. And mm. so I grabbed my guitar. And so I'm playing the guitar um, in one of the little areas. Another friend of mine is still praying for, mother, for these other girls and telling them what God's thoughts are about them. And then my friend Saria is like praying for this other guy with his back. So there's like a lot of things going on at once, but all they're all high schoolers in the room and they're all hungry. You know, they're all like, what's, what's happening? And some of them were kind of creeped out too. It's, you know, if you've never been in an experience like that, it can be a little creepy for sure. You know, if I'd never seen that, I'd be like, this is weird. What's going on? You know? And, um, so there were some people there that were kind of skeptical trying to figure out what was happening. And, um, you know, there's a, a group of guys that walked in. You talked about that, the wannabe gang. Yeah, yeah. So there's a group of guys that walked in. This happened right before the situation with Saria, the back pain happened. These group of guys walked in, and I knew, I found out or whatever, that they were actually supposed to come and pick up that original group of girls. Like, they were going to leave oh. with them. And the girls never showed up and because they were having their own moment in the McDonald's. So these guys came in kind of looking around like, where are they? What's going on? And um, what, a, what, I, a, what a surprise that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. So they are one of the first interactions was between me and one of those guys. And he's like, mm. what's going on? What's wrong with them? So what are you guys what, what doing? Was his, what was his demeanor when he approached you? A little aggressive, a little, a uh, little? yeah, pretty. I'm, I'm being kind, you know, okay. <laughs> a little aggressive, a little, uh, uh, he, he, yeah, he was kind of, he was angry. We messed up his plan. You know, he didn't know what was Who going on. What are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're standing between me and a good night is probably his perspective. And um, and so, you know, he kind of came at me a little bit and I, you know, just pretty calm and kind. I said, well, you know, I just came from for fries and I guess your your friends came too and stuff happened and they'll be done in a second, I guess. You know, you can just 
chill out. Basically, you can wait around. And so they're like just chilling, you know, they're standing around, still pretty frustrated. And um, and I, I'm trying to remember exactly. So they didn't say anything like to those girls, come on, let's get out of here. She's nuts. No, they didn't because the girls were still crying. They were uh, still having a moment with somebody else crying. Mm-hmm. God was doing things in their heart. People were praying for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a few of my other friends that showed up as well that all, that believe similarly, and they were able to help with all of that that was happening. So you had some support. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I don't, I can't, I have to go back and read it. I can't remember exactly what that, the next detail was. But what I do remember was um, the guy had a, um, he had like pain in his in his thighs, mm-hmm. like some, some type of injury where he couldn't mm-hmm. bend all the way down. And I said, well, God can heal you right now. Like he can, he can take that pain away. And the guy kind of looked at me like, no, this is stupid. Like, what are you talking about? And I said, okay, well, like, can we just pray for you and just see what happens? And he was just like, yeah, whatever, go ahead. And so uh, I put my hand on his back and I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And as soon as I said it, I took my hands off and I said, okay, well, just check it out. And uh, we had kind of, before, before I prayed, he had tried to bend down. There was only a certain amount of distance he could bend mm-hmm. down to. And, um, and so after the prayer happened, he mm-hmm. bent down and touched the ground. And he sprung up really fast and just kind of, his eyes were big. And he was just like, f- like freaking out, you know? And I'm just, we're all looking at him. I'm freaking out, you know? Like I, it's still a miracle to me when God heals somebody. Mm. You know, that's, that's a miracle anytime it happens. You know what I mean? And so I, I'm freaking out when it happens. I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And he's freaking out. And so he ends up running out of the McDonald's. And the thing that he was saying on the way out was Illuminati, Illuminati, Illuminati. And, uh, and it was pretty funny. I've never been associated Illuminati. with the Illuminati or had anybody think I was associated with the Illuminati. So that was a pretty funny moment. But I knew it wasn't the Illuminati that had anything to do with that. Um, but he ran out screaming that. And so his friends are all just kind of <laughs> like standing around. Around us, you know, like his friends are standing around us, just kind of looking at us, like, mm-hmm. like thinking that we were special or that we were like superheroes or something weird was in our hands, you know. And so, and I and I didn't want them to think that it had anything to do with us because I knew it was more than me. More so than so, you're more of a spiritual warrior. Maybe I don't know. I've never heard. I, maybe I don't know. Perhaps you are. Perhaps I don't so know. So what do warriors do? They conquer things. And but however, your weapons aren't the swords and shields and guns and bombs. Yeah, not carnal. No, no, not at all. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is that you're willing to listen and you're willing to have some acceptance. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. And how does that incorporate in your life, both professionally and personally? Yeah, I mean. In my everyday life, which includes personally and professionally, because um, I, you know, I do music full time. That's my life, you know. And um, I just, it, it, it's about everything's about people to me, you know. Um, so, how does that, how does that apply to my everyday life? It is everywhere that I am, no matter where I am, being willing to stop and talk to the person who's in front of me, being willing to, mm. to listen to the still small voice. If, if I need to talk to somebody, if I need to hug somebody, if yeah. I need to encourage somebody. So you're able to avoid time traveling. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, please. Talk, we'll talk about time traveling, but this, uh, this reminds me of a, it's on my origin story and it's not about me. It's just about uh, how things developed and how uh, the, the divine works in people's life. In my second uh, stint in the psychiatric hospital, one afternoon I was uh, called down to the head shed down to the psychiatrist's office and I walked down there. And I sat down and this 
big fellow was in there that brought in this person to take dictation and they brought in my charts they must have brought in on a dolly and uh it was the shortest interview i ever had with a psychiatrist and he said uh i understand you pray mr allermeyer and i said yes yes i do and up here in my uh i had been to enough 12-step meetings to know to pray i didn't know anything about prayer or god or Mm -hmm. divine or anything mm -hmm. i said yes i do apparently my roommate thought i was disturbed he was in the same place i was we weren't at the holiday inn okay so uh -huh. i'm sitting there and he says i understand you pray and he says yes i do and he says tell me jim what is prayer and i said well i believe it's talking to god and he says oh you talk to god do you and i kind of knew where this conversation wow. was going and uh, i said yes i do and he's there uh, does god talk to you and i said well i like to think so and then he asked me the question mm -hmm. he says do you hear god talk to you and by then I was a little upset. And I said, of course I do, don't you? And he just shook his head and I saw him right at the bottom of his form, psychotic. Wow. And he dismissed me. So I was walking down the hall and I thought, well, chief, you just uh, breathed your last breath of fresh air. Wow. You punched your ticket to Mayview, which was a state hospital long since closed in Pittsburgh. So I was sitting there and I thought, you know, I got to talk. I got to talk to somebody sane. Mm -hmm. And of course imagine there wasn't a telephone in my room and uh yeah. so i asked them to call i wasn't a practicing catholic but i was in greensburg it was catholic central yeah. so they called the diocese and remember what we talked about nothing happens by mistake nothing mm -hmm. ever ever and a priest by the name of father raphael showed up in 20 minutes he sat down beside me jasmine and i told him my story and at the end he i'll never forget this he put his hand on my shoulder and he says jim god talks to everyone very few people listen mm -hmm. So the idea is, how can we develop these listening skills? We can only develop by being present and aware. Mm -hmm. it's, when, it's when we're present and aware, paying attention on purpose, that the creator, the divine, puts people, places, things, circumstances, events in front of us. Then if we're there, we can have, they have meaning for us. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then we can do the will. So most people are time travelers. Do you believe time traveling has been invented? Do you believe there's a machine that we can get into? Um, and a machine? Yes. Where I can go back to Christopher Columbus or go. Maybe in Area 51 or something. I don't know. Somewhere maybe. <laughs> well, perhaps, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not aware yeah. of it, okay? Yeah. However, we talk about this frequently on, on our show, is that the, the time traveling machine is right between your ears, mm. okay? And then most people have frequent flyer miles to the past and to the future with brief layovers in the present. Interesting. And this is where this is where life's happening. So would, uh, would you care to do a little time traveling exercise? We do this with a lot of our uh, guests here sure let's okay, go okay cool so miss evelyn would you join us we have we have miss evelyn with us she's <laughs> off camera but uh so let's all put our feet on the floor and uh, we'll ground ourselves a little bit so let's close our eyes and you can close your eyes at home too except if you're driving so uh let's hold up our left arm let's hold up our left arm close our eyes and we'll call that the past and normally jasmine evelyn when people are in the past they're living in resentment or living in frustration or living in anger or remorse or sorrow or self-pity they're thinking about things I wish I would have done or thinking about things I wish I would not have done, thinking about things I wish I would have said or thinking about things I wish I would not have said. And that past becomes a tar pit. And you bring that pain of that past right into the present. And it's a millstone around your life holding you back. So keep that up and hold up your right arm and let's call that the future. And normally when people are living in the future, they're living in anxiety and they're living in worry. And Jasmine, underlying all that is fear. All that is fear. Fear is a corroding thread that goes throughout our lives. So perhaps by us working with people, helping them help themselves, 
we turn that past into experience and wisdom. And I know that's what you try to give to your audience. How much experience and wisdom do you have? Not only to help yourself, to help others. And we turn that future into goals and ambitions. And goals and ambitions, Jasmine, are accomplished by action and effort in the present. So, so it's when we set definitive expectations of ourselves or try to live up to definitive, unrealistic expectations of others or the world that we end up in depression, anxiety, and these type of destructive type of uh, behaviors also. So put your hands in the middle of your chest, Miss Jasmine, and uh, we can open our eyes. And let's, uh, what, what organ of your body are your hands near? Heart. Right. Yeah. So what we ask people to do is live where their heart is. Yeah. And their heart's not beating in the future. Their heart's not beating in the past. It's beating right now. And my mind is starting to wonder, and that's why I had it tattooed on my arms. Mm -hmm. I'm right here. It's right now. Mm. I'm right here. It's right now. Mm. So. It's so good. I'd love for you to talk. I'd love for you to develop a song about time traveling, which, <laughs> uh, which you seem yeah. to have quite a uh, quite a gift for. No. Thank you, Jim. Mm -hmm. Maybe I will. Okay. It's a great idea. Never heard that concept before. Okay. In that way. That's that's phenomenal concept. Okay. Well, most people are time travelers. Mm -hmm. Most people are not present. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've developed that presence. So say more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't even know. I don't know what to say about it. It means a lot to me to be present, um, to be in the moment. Um I think we miss, like you said, I mean, you're, you're preaching it. You're, I want to interview you right now about it. You're saying it, you know, and you've experienced it. You've walked through it. Um, but we, we miss out on so many things because we don't just breathe and be alive right now and in relationships and beauty and, um, resources and help and peace and joy and beauty. You know, we just, there's so many things, um, we just, we miss because we're not just here right now in the moment. Right. The ability to label and describe. And you do such a marvelous job. You're so eloquent. Uh, I'll share one other story with you that uh, where ego's involved. And mm. I don't know, it, sounds, it sounds like you had ego either beaten out of you or never, <laughs> never really had one that interfered with your life. I was into sobriety for six months. And of course, I was living with my mother. My uh, wife had decided there wasn't enough air in our house to breathe and for us both. And I perhaps another zip code would be, would be better. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was six yeah. months clean and sober. And of course, I had been participating in 12-step recovery for six months. So I was the icon of recovery. Mm -hmm. I was the guru mm -hmm. of recovery. I was the one who all others should follow. Okay? Yeah. And I basically was a ninny. So I would mm -hmm. go to this meeting and I, uh, on Tuesday afternoons at the Grace Presbyterian Church, and I, I went there and I sat down and uh, this person came in and it looked like the drug of the river for him, really. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, this ego thing is awful. Just because someone stops using drugs or alcohol doesn't mean all the isms have been erased. Wow. Okay? Not at all. You take away the drugs and alcohol, you still have, if you have a drunken horse thief and you take away the alcohol, you still have a horse thief on steroids. Mm. Okay. So this person, I'm thinking to myself, uh, wow, he just came in here to get out of the cold. And uh, he just came in here to get a donut and coffee. And a little while later, I said smugly to myself, I'll bet he doesn't have a dollar to put in a basket like I do. 
So the topic was, how do you maintain a bond with your higher power? And I thought, oh, how fortunate these people are to be here, that I'm going to be able to share that with them. <laughs> so when it came around to me, I said some words that I thought would have made Shakespeare weep with shame. <laughs> but uh, really, and, and truly later on, it was just absolute blathering idiocy. And uh, however, when it came to him, what he shared was so beautiful, I wish I would have recorded it. This mem this is like a crystal clear memory in my mind. And he shared of a bond that, that he had with the creator that was so beautiful that I got up from that table during the meeting and I went to the bathroom and I wept wow. with shame. And when I came back out at the end of that meeting, I stopped him and I told him exactly what I thought of him. Mm. And I told him exactly what happened. And I looked at him and I said, you have everything. I've got nothing. Wow. And he, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I have a wonderful life. I hope you will too. This guy didn't have a belt on. He didn't have socks on. I never saw him again. Wow. So that was the day I started my recovery. Wow. That was the day my ego was reduced and taken away. And that was through none, none of my actions. Wow. Believe me. Wow. Okay. So when, if we're, if we're present and aware, we can have these type of encounters. Yes, and it sounds like you've had them. Yes, sir. Say some more about that. Um, I mean, I was looking at your socks when I walked in <laughs> and I thought they were amazing. Well, you want to color, you know, sparkle your world. Up. Yeah. Color but even up. that, you know what I mean? Like just being able to enjoy a cool color, interesting pair of socks, you know, wow. like just it's, it's <laughs> as simple as that. Like some people, they don't even not able to enjoy something like that. Not able to recognize beauty um, or see you or the beauty of like what's in your heart by please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.